welcome back to Turf Talk. We've gone through the big one, but it's not just all about the Grand National. There's a quality, quality couple of days racing at Aintree in the lead up to it. Multiple, multiple grade ones. I think over 10 of them off the top of my head. And obviously the other two big races over the National Fences. To try and find the winners of them all with me is Big Jim Watson. Easy work, pal. Almost as easy as picking the one, two, three, four, five in the National. Um, a lovely meeting. Uh, the sun is looking like it's going to be out for the whole week. It's a little bit frosty, though, out. So hopefully um, the week will have a beautiful sunshine, even though owners are really the only people allowed to be there. Uh, and hopefully it lives up to the expectation that, it, that it's been given. I can't argue with that, Jim. So we'll start with the first race. Of the Grand National meeting. So we are recording this on Wednesday. So we've got dates for Thursday and Friday. Not quite for Saturday yet. But the first race of the meeting is a Grade 1 Manifesto. And obviously Chasey currently bet. 5-2 Hitman. 3-1 Fusil Raffles. 4's The Shunter. 8's El Dorado Allen. 9's Protectorate. 12's Umbrigado. And 25-1 to 1 for Phoenix Way. Jim, who wins? Um, I think I'm going to side with The Shunter. And... and and it's purely on the fact that I don't fancy most of the others. Um, he's clearly on a bit of an upward progression. I thought he jumped very well in that paddy power at Cheltenham. And he won comfortably. And I know that was a handicap and he's stepping into grade one company here. But he's quite clearly on the improve. And I think that there's a, there's a few question marks with the market leaders uh, and I think he's slightly better than uh, a few others at a bigger price. I, I think 4 to one's a tad on the short side, but I think he, he's who I might be siding with here. Fair enough, mate. What, what makes you want to offer the Emmett Mullins horse? Um, I, I like the way... I, I thought he'd have slight question marks over fences. I, I, I preferred him as a hurdler, but in, in general, I thought he jumped fairly well at uh, Cheltenham. And I just feel like there could be a little bit more progression to come out of him. In, in, and I know that he looks slightly exposed because he's come the handicap route. But he showed last time that he's still improving. Uh, and two mile three, I think, might be a slight bit better for him. I know that two mile five, he stayed on fairly strongly last time. But he's been mostly campaigned over two miles. And somewhere in the middle of that, I think, might just find him to the best effect and let him get in his getting a, a, a decent rhythm. He has got an entry in the Mersey as well uh, on the Saturday. So he could go there because he's a very diverse horse. Um, Hitman, I'm worried about his jumping. Fusel Raffles, I think, was fortunate last time. And, and there's a few question marks about the others. So for that reason, I'm going to side with the shunter. Fair enough, mate. I think the horse who was the best hurdler out of this lot was Fusel Raffles. And I think... His second in the March last time out was the best bit of chase form that's possessed by any horse in this. So I think he's he's a standout one in this. Obviously, Hitman, his weight allowance has been eroded, and now he comes here off level weights. What he's done this season has been very, very good for a horse, so and he deserves a massive amount of, amount of respect. But he's priced a little bit more of potential rather than proven form of fusel raffles. Barring a bit of an inexplicable blip at Cheltenham back in November. He's done very, very well over fences. This is his trip nowadays. We, we both like Lieutenant Rocco. Fusel Raffles was 
you know, was quite comprehensive in his beating of him. Sam Charles wasn't at his best in behind that day. But we know, you know, he's, he's been running well in good races. I think the Marsh Shepherd is the best bit of form in this, albeit Asterian forms didn't really do loads for the form. But the, the horses in behind were all at least 150 animals, you know. I'm, I, I stick in for Chatham Street, like Shamblu. I, I think the Marsh was a was a, a decent race with every horse who was there. They deserved to be in the lineup. A flatter track, I think, will shoot him around this trip, and yeah, it, I think he's got a right chance, mate. I'm surprised he's not favourite. Yeah, um, the un, I, I agree with you by saying he's, uh, he brings the best piece of form. I, I'm, I, although on paper it looks the best piece of form, I still think there's a few question marks. Uh, Eldorado Allen beat him at Cheltenham early season, uh, and he's a bigger price. He's stepping up to two mile four over fences for the first time. Um, and I've always had the impression he might want a little bit further and he's overachieved at over two miles, but he's bumped into a nice horse his last time and um, I, I, I won't rule out a bit more progression from him as well. Yeah, no, I'd agree with you there, Jim. I think I think Eldorado Allen will be a two and a half mile long term. Not quite sure he's quite up to the level of some of these, so yeah, might be a nice one for something like the Paddy Power early, earlier next season. Uh Moving on to the 220, it's the Doombar anniversary four-year-old juvenile hurdle, another grade one. And it's a bit of a match race according to the betting. 10 to 11, Monreal, 7 to 4, Adagio, then 14th, John Locke, and 5 and 20. 25's Paros, and 100 to 1 for the Darren Yates superstar, Carlos Felix. Jim, uh, match race again. This is one where I, I kind of think the horse, well, the horse with the best form is second favourite. But the one who looks to have a little bit more scope for improvement is an odds on shot. At the prices, I think it's. I think I would like to be with Adagio. Yeah, I, th- I think I would be edging that way as well. Going into the festival, the best piece of form I thought was Mon Morel, uh, absolutely thrashing uh, Nasalama Haydock. But we, then, said, we said on the podcast that we thought the best, the best British juvenile wasn't going to Cheltenham. Yeah, and and then. Out of Cheltenham, I, I then rated Adagio's performance his second behind Colixios better than Mon Morale. Um, I think because Mon Morale's sort of less exposed and um, people think there's more potential is the reason why he's that price. Um, I think 10 to 11, he's skinny on a horse that's um, got one real standout performance. I know his others have been impressive, but that's a only bit with, with a... a, a form, substance behind it, whereas Adagio's been running in these juvenile hurdles all season and you sort of know where and whereabouts you are with him. Um, so on, in that case, I'd fancy Adagio, but I'm just a bit gutted the field's cut up a bit because I was looking forward to seeing 5 and 20. This was going to be the target for a while uh, and she's been winning grey uh, juvenile hurdles up at Musselburgh in her last three starts. On the flat was with uh, Mark Johnson and she seemed to relish uh, hurdles really and she's made it three from three now and I, I feel she's a tad overpriced um, each way extra that you can get with some people um, if they're offering eights or tens that might interest me on the day um, because I, I don't think getting the weight allowance I think there's a slight bit more to come from her uh, and I wouldn't quite rule her out I, I think Paros is uh, the same colours as Midland Park is I don't know why they're going for this because I thought it was a bit lucky last time but I think I'm going to side with 5 and 20 in this purely on the fact that I think she's 
slightly progressive. She'll get a bit, uh, she'll get weight allowance. And, and I feel like she's overpriced. I think she should be shorter than John Locke. I, I do think Montmirail probably is, is the right favourite. And I, I wouldn't say there's one standout piece of form, if I'm honest, mate. I think the, the overall profile he has, you know, unbeaten in three starts for Paul Nichols. More impressive, really, with every, every run against Sterner opposition, every run. <sighs> Coming from a Paul Nichols yard, yeah. He probably is the right favourite. But I'd have them a little bit closer together than odds on and seven to four, fractionally. And Adagio strikes me as a sort of horse who is probably going to be consistently underrated for a while. I think I underestimated him going into Cheltenham uh, because he was beaten early in the season by Duffelcoat and very, very soundly. I think, I think people, I think that still lies in the back of people's minds. But everything he's done since has, has been really, really positive. It'd, it'd probably be a no bet race for me. But at the price, I'd, I'd pump for Adagio. Fair enough. You, Adagio was picked from that claimer, and I think that's stuck in people's minds that the fact that it was a claimer, um, and they don't expect anything good to come out of it, and he's done nothing but improve. Um, I think Adagio has got the best chance, but at the price, he's 5 and 20 for me. Fair enough, Jim. As we'll move on to the 250, it's a bet way bow, and they bet 5 to 2 Clanders or bow, 4 to 1 waiting patiently. 11 to 2 Tiger Roll. Please no. Please don't let him win. Uh, 6 to 1 Native River. 15 to 2 Condor Castle. 8 Mr. Fisher. 18 to Real Steel. 66 to 1 Ace Out. And 200 to 1 Militarian. Uh, Jim, really, really tired little racist. I, I guess it, everything you can throw a stone at if you were, if you were really wanting to. So it's a, it's an interesting race. Yeah, there's question marks about all of them, um, and I, I still don't know where I'm probably going to land. Uh, I know that's probably not what you wanted to hear, but I think there's so many question marks about so many horses. That there's only really Native River who you could sort of possibly side with, with the less question marks, and, and the quicker the ground, probably the worse it is for him. We saw that in the Gold Cup. It was outpaced mostly throughout the race you expected him to bowl along in front and he wasn't even quick enough to keep up um, he was so persistent last time continues to be chivied along under Richard Johnson a new jockey for him with John Joe O'Neill um, who has ridden him before when he won the Denman chase um, so no question marks about that he always jumps well you know what you're going to get with him uh, I don't think anything's going to pressure him up front here which would Make me slightly more confident. Uh, I think Tiger Roll will be get ridden fairly prominently. Um, and the other one that's slightly unexposed at this trip and, and tackling it for the first time is Mr. Fisher. He needs to brush up on his jumping, but for a time, quite a time now, I think the step up to three miles might see a little bit more improvement. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing him over three miles. His jumping was appalling last time uh, in the Ryanair, probably because it was put under pressure so much by the quick pace that Alaho set. But I thought he, his Peterborough chase win was very good. He stayed on fairly strongly towards the end. And even as a, as a young horse in his novice hurdles, I thought he was built for a three-mile chaser in the making. And um, I think he's interesting in this at three miles. There's question marks about the top of the market. Headgear hoping to work wonders for Clan Desobo. But for that reason, I'm going to have the two of Native River and Mr Fisher at the prices. It's a sort, it's a sort of horse 
I feel like I've said this about a lot of times, but surely this is a great opportunity for waiting patiently. I think this is when it when it'll drop for him. You know, we've, we've been we've been saying that for for a while, but I think almost everything's in favour with him. The speed focus three miles is probably just about what he wants nowadays. A fine third over a trip shot of his best in the Clarence House. Second in the King George's really, really good form. Finished head of Clanders or both. who is shorter in the bay than him here and arguably didn't run as well. Next time out was where she waiting patiently did. I think he's I think he's the one they all have to beat and at four to one, I'm keen. Clanders or both look at his best he'd be the one they need to beat. Shouldn't have been getting beat by secret investor or even giving him a bit of weight at Newbury last time out, and he was just a little bit flat at Kempton when he looked primed for a good run. Back at his best, yeah, he goes very close, and even what he's done this season should see him in the three. But I wouldn't be wanting to take five to two about him. Tiger Roll, just a bad price, isn't he? Yeah, I'd have him at least ten. Yeah, very much so. I mean, the last time he ran in a chase that wasn't, you know over the cross-country fences or the Grand National fences, he was pulled up in the Clon Metal Oil Chase in 2017. And he was a 20-1 shot that day. It's, a, it's apples and oranges. 11, look, I, I've been burnt by him after saying, you know, I thought he'd never win another race going into the cross-country. But 11-2 to is surely not. Surely not at that price. I'd want a little bit more about that. This is six furlongs shorter and a grade one, you know, not for me. Native River, I thought, as much as I liked him, looked like a horse who was getting slow in the Gold Cup last time out. And Dickie, you know, had to had to work for his money that day. Uh, fine, I but not quite sure. Plondor Castle deserves a crack at this, but needs to step up. Mr. Fisher, yeah, I, I could see you can make you can make half a case, mate. But Patchy, you know, two peas this season, and you know, an un, unproven over the trip. Not my team on any of the outsiders. Real Steel's gone backwards. He's joining Nichols. Uh, Asol is is past his best and probably wasn't ever quite up to this level of military and handicapper. So waiting patiently for me, mate. Fairly Fair confident. Enough. Fairly confident. About him for once. Uh, the 3.25 on the first day is the entry hurdle. Another grade one. This is a cracking, cracking race. Jim, have a guess how many horses in this have an official rating of 158? Uh, 10. Not quite. Not quite. I mean, there's 11 runners, so that would be some going by the handicapper. Uh, but no. All of the first six in the betting are officially rated the exact same. And they do bet 7-2 Abacadabras, 4's Jason the Militant, 5's McFabulous, 13-2 Brewing Up a Storm, 9's Song for Someone, 12's Boovadare and Silver Streak, 16's Buzz, 25 Not So Sleepy, 33 Ballyandy, and 40-1 Miller's Bank. Matt Chapman called this race pants yesterday. I think that's very, very harsh. I think it's a, it's, if it's if it's not an up to scratch renewal, it's not a mile away from yeah, what we've seen. Yeah. yeah. What a lunatic. Chapman, though, isn't it? Uh, and I think it's a competitive renewal, and I don't think it's a mile away from, you know, Super Sunday winning it. 
where, where are you leaning, mate? I, I, like you said, it, I think it's a fascinating race. Um, probably at this moment, Jason the Militant is probably where I'm going to be landing. I'm, I'm looking forward to him stepping up to 2-4. Um, he, he has only raced over two miles in his career. Um, but he was in better form as ever in that Red Mills trial at Fairy House. He, he made all and he carried on finding late on to beat Petit Mouchoir, who then went on and ran a cracker um, at Cheltenham. Disappointing since like, but And his third behind Abacadabras pre-season looked a good run in the Morgiana. Uh, and he was third behind Aspire Tower in the Morgiana as well. I would have quite liked to have seen Aspire Tower here. I think that... I think, I've been knocking on the door for him as well to be stepped up to, to two miles four, and I thought this race might be perfect for him. Um, I, but I have to give the chances of Jason the Militant a cracking go. Um, if he stays, I think he's got a right chance. Uh, and brewing up a storm, there was a lot to like about what he did uh, since he's come back over hurdles. His handicap hurdle win was nice. He's a horse that me and Lewis have always had a bit of time for. Um, jumping fences quite clearly wasn't for him, but his win in the national spirit at Fontwell was... Very good, and uh, he beat McFabulous there, who also lines up here. Um, and we know he stays the distance. We know he jumps well. We know he goes well on good ground. Thirteen to two is a solid each way price, uh, and I think that he could outrun his odds here. I, I'd have him shorter than McFabulous, maybe. I know it was possibly off day for him, um, but I think I'd probably be siding with brewing up a storm against McFabulous to beat him once again. Um, I'm looking forward to David Bass on Song for Someone. Uh, this is his first ride on him. I ping him out in front and let him see what happens. And we know David Bass, he's never say die attitude on his horses. And swinging everything at every hurdle and, and see what happens. And his form took a bit of a bump last time in the Kingwell. But prior to that, he, he won the International and beat a few of these. And that would give him a chance over a distance that's more up his street, two mile four. Um, and then you took Abacadabras, who's on a bit of a combat mission. Um, I, th- I think it's a fascinating race. Silver Street, Bouverdere as well, some old boys. And I'm really looking forward to this race, probably the most of the first day. Um, I, I don't know who you like, Lewis. Who is it? Oh, yeah, there's not much between these, and I can make cases for a lot of them. Uh, I, agree with, I agree with the betting that Abacadabras is the right favourite. I think the second in the Irish champion hurdle. Is the best piece of form uh, that any of these hold this season. Even you know he was he was handed a beating by Honeysuckle, a fair beating as well. But still finished nine nine ahead of Charger, a further two ahead of Salois. You know I think that's that's good form, and he has beaten Jason the Militant this season, albeit you know by a very very narrow margin. I'm a huge fan of Jason the Militant, and I think he'll stay. Uh, I'd probably have backed him each way for the champion hurdle of the year gone. That that you know that'd have been getting twenties. I'm not sure whether whether I, whether I want to be moving McFalls yet. This will require a career best. If McFabulous bounces back, I think he'll win this. And he's a horse who I didn't have done a bit of a 180 on this season. I thought he was a little bit maybe not. Well, yeah, I thought he was a little bit overrated at the start of the year and what he'd actually achieved. You know, he was a, a silly price to go and beat. Paisley Park and Time Hill, or favourite to beat Paisley Park and Time Hill after winning the Persian War. I thought that was silly. But what he's come out and proven since is that he is a genuine uh, top-level operator, I think. Or it will prove to so he should be even better over a fence next season. Love the way he tanked through the race at Kempton. 
yeah, he was disappointed at Fontwell last time out, but off levels here with Brewing Up and Storm, which he wasn't at Fontwell, he was giving £6 away. And I think Fabulous' best would be enough to see him beat Brewing Up and Storm. It's going to be the Nichols one to bounce back for me, hopefully. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't rule it out, but I think I'd rather have Brewing Up and Storm, personally. He's got less queries about him. Yeah, that's fair, mate. I can completely see that. Uh, do you like anything in the Fox Hunters? Um, it's, it's not a race I'd necessarily have a strong opinion on. Bill is looking to uh, get his head in front after Cheltenham devastation for the past two seasons. Uh, I'm looking forward to Maxwell on Cat, Cat Tiger flinging him round. That'd be great fun to watch, and I'll more than likely be cheering him home. Um, so, other than that, not really. I, I presume you might have a little interest. Yeah, I, norm- I, I normally do. You know, I like these sort of races. I love anything on the national fences. I think Cat Tiger's the one they've got to beat, if I'm honest. And that'll be some laugh if David Maxwell could win the biggest amateur race of the season, to be fair to him, he invested a lot into the game. So good luck to him. Uh, you know, only seven Cat Tiger got a little bit, I guess, more scope for improvement than some of these and absolutely bolted up. Really, at, at Leicester, Tango de Jouy went with him, who was a who was a fair horse, you know, in his prime, wasn't he, for Venetia? This really should suit him. I think he gets free cat tiger. Well, he does get free, but this sort of this sort of stamina test at two and a half, you know, because he will go quick. It'll be exactly what he wants. Uh, late night pass ran really well for us each way at a price at Cheltenham. Replicating that might see him uh, run well again. Just just found warning for the last, you know. The last two furlongs or so were for stamina. But at the top of the hill, I thought we had a right chance, so I'd like to see him go well. Uh, and there are a couple of familiar names over the national fences as well. that We know Federici's ran over these a lot. And, you know, it, it counts for a lot. To be fair, entry experience in the Fox Hunters, uh, he's done well there before. Looking well of Nicky Richards is, you know, he's a very, very familiar name as well in Northern Handicap Chasers. And Uccello Conte, who's now with Philip Rowley, obviously, who had Hazel Hill, is a 50-1 to one shot. Uh, not seeing him for over a year and was a little bit, well, looked past it for Gordon Elliott last season. But good to see Uccello back, because I say, his two grand national runs were both fine. Yeah, he went off 4-1 for the Fox Hunters in 2019, didn't he? Yes, he did, yeah. He didn't look was soundly beaten there, but I say we, we like seeing the familiar names. Bishop's Road as well, who's another former Grand National participant. Uh, he's in here as well at a massive price. And you're going to make cash me a peak. Yeah, hopefully he'll have a safe spin round. He had a nice uh, introduction back over three miles behind the galloping bear, but back to 2-5, I think that might spark him up a bit. Yeah, good luck to everyone. Both the David Maxwell horse for us. Some laugh for that. I love Bill away of Willie Mullins. Might, might take a, a fair amount of beating if he can jump. It's going to be a good race. I love the Fox Hunters anyway. Uh, anything else from you in the last two at Aintree, Jim? The Red um, Rub and the Nickel Coin. On the slopes is in the Red Rum. And where is it now? Um, Moon over Germany won this race off a mark of 136. He's um, 10, uh, £12 higher than what he was, but £7 Jordan Gainford takes off his back, so um, better ground will suit him, and he's got coarse form, so it's a positive in, in that 
uh, Colin for Moon over Germany. They'd be my two against the field in that. Uh, and I'm looking forward to Eileen Dover in the bumper, the, the talking horse. LS Bell has got the form to sort of back her up if, um, to show how good Eileen Dover is with the third in the champion bumper. So I'm looking forward to seeing her and hopefully she bolts up. Yeah, I'd agree with Eileen Dover. She should take all the beating. She looks an absolutely fantastic mare for Pam Sly. Good ride for Paul O'Brien. Uh, I quite like one in the red run at a decent enough price. 14 to 1, Sully Dock. I thought shaped well in the plate last time out. Came home in eighth. But on the, on the way he ran suggested, you know, he should have finished a little bit closer, to be fair. Back down in trip. His last run over two miles saw him finish runner up to Fanny on Destraval on that horse's British debut at Newbury where he looked at a right weapon. Done well this season as Sully Dock, you know, won at Ascot early in the early in the year, third behind Clondor Castle and Gala Ball at Newbury as well. We know Clondor Castle's gone on to have a cracking season and runs in the grade one. Off a mark of one three six here, down a pound for Cheltenham, which I I think I think he shaped well, as if he was almost going to be in the placings for ninety percent of that race. Back down in trip. I can see this really suiting him. He'll be a strong stayer at two miles, but they will go quick in this. 14 to 1 is a price for Sully Dock. Mm-hmm. Entry Friday, Jimbo. We will start with the first of the grade ones on the Friday. It's a top novice's hurdle, and they currently bet 11 to 4 Dusart, 13 to 2 third time lucky, 5's any news, 6 is a Gero, 9's Belfast Panther, 10's for pleasure, 12's Hoogry. 25 do your job, 30 feet Timberman and 100 to 1 from Bombix. Jim, I think anything other than a resounding deuce out victory here is a huge disappointment for the sport. Yeah, I was just about to say you're a massive fan of deuce out. I was going to let you say your, say your stuff first. Well, I'm, I'm not... It's not I'm a massive fan of deuce out. It's that we know third time lucky he's not a grade one horse. Therefore, we want him to be beaten in a grade one. Is he not just a disappointing grade one winner? Um, I wouldn't rule out the third horse as being a grade one winner. Any news? Yeah, look, any news is a likeable, a likeable animal. Don't get me wrong. But he's he's not fully exposed yet. I can see that. I think third time look, he is exposed. You know, as as being a mid-140s animal, and I hope do that. If he can replicate what he did at Newbury, he will win this. Obviously, the, the break is a worry, but the beating he gave to Soaring Glory, who I think is a better horse than third-time lucky, mm. should, see him, should see him win this. I, I, it's, it's more hoping that he wins rather than expecting him to absolutely dance up, but he'll be the one I'm with. Yeah, and, and I think he should take all the beat and do so. Looking at his form, I, I think he's going to probably more than likely win the article next season. Fences are uh, looking more prominent than another season over hurdles, and I know he's only had the, well, this will be his second start. But I think going into his uh, career next season, I think he's an out and out chaser. Any news? What price do you see, Lewis? Five to one, any news? Five to one. That's a scumbag each way, but I, I think Agero, there's a slight worry uh, going left-handed. He's done most of his racing going right-handed, um, so that would be a little bit of a worry for me. But any news, silly sort of error last time, and just sent Satin Twiston Davis out the side, Dom. And I think he would have been fairly competitive with my Drogo. He was travelling well up to that point, 
Uh, and I, I feel like Neil Mulholland's looked after him. He gave him a good break after um, Christmas with his scrap with Make Me a Believer where he was worried out late on by a stronger stayer. Get him back for the spring. Get him on better ground. His victory on in his bumper was on good to firm ground, so he doesn't mind it rattling. I, I think five to one each way is a scumbag price, and you'll certainly get your money back. Fair enough, Jimbo. Moving on to the 250, the mild main officers chase. Very, very tidy races. I like this. Seven to four, Chantry House. Eleven to two, Esquadra Rome. Six to one. Fiddler on the Roof and Chamblou, 7 to 1, the big breakaway, 12 Sporting John, 16 Silver Hallmark, and 25 to 1, Empire Steel. Are you with the Marsh winner to follow up, Jim Up in Trip? No, question marks about him. Um, do you think he'll stay three miles? I know he won two point to points for that distance, but. Yeah, what won't, won't be an issue for me? No. Um, it'd just be a slight concern about me. I'd quite like to see him do it first. I think the horse that brings the obvious form into the race is Fiddler on the Roof. And I think he's overpriced at sixes. His second behind Monkfish was was very good, even though he wasn't fluent throughout the race. He wasn't travelling well. Uh, and he still stayed on to beat the field. I know there was an unseater and a faller, but he still beat the big breakaway impressively. I thought that was a really, really good run. He's second to next destination. I don't think it was that bad. He was then second in the um, second in the national chase. And I think three miles could be Maury's game. Um, and I think at six to one each way is a very good price. About a horse who's bringing in decent form throughout the season. Um, I think he's a better horse on better ground. And I'm hoping that he'll give Robbie Power a really good spin round. I think. I think six to one's insulting in comparison to what Espoir de Rome has done. And I know he's progressive and, and looks like he could be a little bit good. But I just feel like he's bringing more to the table. Chamblou's been on a bit of a, I won't say a decline, but he was slightly disappointing at Cheltenham and, and he was disappointing in the Silly Isles. Um, bounce back to former team, bang there. It's, it's an interesting race. Um, I'm probably going to look to take on Chantry House on the day. Um, and I'm probably more than likely going to side with Fiddler on the Roof. I'm going to. I'm, I'm with the horse you just slated. I think Chantry House is the one they all have to beat, but he's seven to four and at six to one. I think this will suit Shamblu, and I think I can make excuses for his two defeats the last times. I don't think the Silly Isles was a particular regression. I think it was a very, very bizarre race. In a normal race, Sporting John wouldn't have been able to do what he did, but the ground was absurdly bad. And a horse who looked like he didn't know what he was doing for the first half mile ended up winning it just because he'd been so slow early on that he was the only one still going forwards at the finish. Uh, and then at Cheltenham, Harry Skelton went forward far too quickly. Abs- well, I'm going to say an absurd ride from Skelton. Uh this will be more his bag than Cheltenham anyway, though. A speed-focused three miles. He'll jump very, very well. Doesn't take much to see him back in the frame here. I don't think he was... Well, Chantry House was a better novice hurdler than he was a hurdler, but I think Chantry has closed the gap over fences this year. Uh, look, Skelton gave him a poor ride at Cheltenham. Head off far too quick, gave the horse no chance of, of getting home, really. A speed-focused females will probably shoot him a little bit more than Cheltenham anyway. I take what you said about Fiddler on the roof. I see him more as a, as a little bit of, a, of an out-and-out 
staying tight for a longer term. I'm not seeing him in something like a Ladbrokes trophy early next season. Might just, might be done for half a yard worth of pace here. Espada Rome could be absolutely anything. You know, the form behind Royal Pagai this season looks mint. His two wins have both been very, very impressive. Don't think he should be shorter, though, than a grade one winner and a horse who was runner up in a Charlton Festival grade one last time out. I, I like the big breakaway in general, even though he does a lot wrong. But I'm not sure whether Aintree will be his track. He didn't really seem to enjoy Kempton. And there's, there's not too much difference between the way that, you know, the tracks are. I set out. And, and to be fair, I'd have thought he'd have ran better at Cheltenham. So maybe a little bit uh, for him to prove. Now, Sporting John, I don't take uh, his winning the Silly Isles absolutely, literally, if I'm honest. Silver Hallmark's interesting because Marone's a good horse. You know, he, he won by 38 odd lengths the other day. And Silver Hallmark gave him, I, I think, a, f- a fair enough beating in, in the old car. Second two, Fiddler on the roof on his chasing debut. They both polled well clear of an albeit below par sporting John. I think he'll get three miles. Only had five starts under the rules. 16 to 1 each way. I think they might be sillier, sillier each way bets at the meeting. On, you know, on the exit of the run, there's very, very little between him and Silver Hallmark. And the and the Haydock form has been boosted since. Yeah, I, I can see that. He could be overpriced in this. Good race, though, mate. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I think I'd be favouring the field against the favourite, but I'm looking forward to it. Moving on to the 250. No, we're just on the 250. The 325, the Melling Chase. Uh, put it along 11 to 4 favourite to beat Fakir Dudere, 3 to 1. Diverted here from Fairy House. Five's Master Tommy Tucker. Six is Dashel Drasher. Seven's Notebook. Nine's Nutswell. Twenties Itchy Feet. And 33 to 1 for Duke de Geneva. Uh, Jim, interest in this? Yeah, a really, really odd race. There's a lot of sort of, I don't want to say misfits, but it's, it's an odd race in general. Um, Politologue. Um, Politologue's stepping up to four well this distance for the first first time since uh, running in this race in 2019 do you think this will be more up his street nowadays uh, I think he's equally useful over both yeah wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't have a major preference yeah and I I think he might be slightly better over this distance now than what he was when he was a long way behind Min Fakir Dudere, since stepping up to this distance, has shown a bit more. Um, he was withdrawn the other week, so it's more than likely that he's going to go here. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him line up over this distance. And I think this is a race that he could win. He brings the best piece of form with that second behind Alaho at Cheltenham. Um, I think this middle sort of distance will certainly be up his street. Master Tommy Tucker's not quite good enough up to this level. If he had a chance, it would have come last time at Ascot, and he didn't. Um, the return to better ground I think will suit him slightly a bit more Dashwell Drasher likes a bit of juice in the ground Notebook's gone a bit off the off the boil a bit of recent and Nutswell's interesting in this having won the old Rowan at the start of the season uh, he's not your typical 
Um, he's banged in graded company for most of his career. He's, he's worked his way through handicaps, and the form of that's not been too bad. Lewis was talking about how Clondor Castle wasn't probably out of the, uh, the ball early on in the podcast. So he's certainly interesting. But for me, I think it might be Fakir Dudari. I know there's a lot of twos next to his name, but this seems like one of his better opportunities to actually get his head in front. He's not got anything superior against him, and I'm hoping that he does get his head in front. I think Fakir Dudari wins this, Jim. Yeah. Are we in agreement? Yeah, I do. I do. Look, he's, he's just been bumping into very good horses this season. If I'm honest, I guess I was a little bit disappointed that he was beaten by Put the Kettle on the Arkle last year. And I, I was kind of using that as a stick to beat him with earlier because I didn't think it was a good Arkle. But what he's been beaten by is the reigning champion chaser. Then Notebook on his first start of the season. I don't think he's an out-and-out two-miler, to be fair, even for Kia Dudri. I think, I think Notebook's a good horse, mate. I think he's slightly underrated because he tends to be bad at Cheltenham. But I think away from Cheltenham, I think he's a he's a very, very solid grade two-level animal. Ran a fine race behind Shackle Postoir in the Dublin chase. Bumped into, you know, a bit of a monstrous performance against Alaho last time out. Politolog is beatable. We know he's beatable. And I think Fakir Dudri has probably achieved a little bit more this season without even winning a race. And I think he's the one who might have a fraction more to come. You know, he's only six, albeit having had a lot of runs. I think he's the one that will take the beating in this over Politolog. Uh, Master Tommy Tucker and Dashiell Drasher, first two from the Ascot Chase. Good to see them in, in here. The market prefers Master Tommy Tucker, Jim. Can you understand why? I think maybe it's the likability of him rather than Dashiell Drasher seems to be. Well, not as liked, but sort of... Maybe this, everyone thinks Tommy Tucker's got one in him and I've, I'm now proud to say that I am off that cliff. Um, I don't think he's a grade one horse and maybe people are just wanting to give him another too many chances. Oh, I, I think that might be a little bit harsh, Jim. I, I, I think there was not much... Be- well, there was only two ones between them at Ascot last time out. And I guess I could see Aintree playing a little bit more to Master Tommy Tucker's strengths, but I don't think that was a vintage grade one. And they need, both need to improve to match the likes of Fakir Dudri and Politolog. I agree that Nutswell is very, very interesting at a bit of more of a price at 9-1. to one. Uh, But it's Fakir Dudri for me. And it's the same for me, our first agreement of the week. The 405, Jim, is the Randox Health Topham Chase. What a race this is, and they currently bet 7-1, to one, live, love, laugh. 15-2, to two, Vizio, man. Now, he was 20s last night, and then Kevin Blake called him his nap of the meeting, so now he's 15-2. to two. 12s, Ibleo, 2 for gold, Caribbean boy, Modus, senior citizen, morning vicar. 14s, precious cargo, and 20-1, to one, bar then. We love the national fences. Yeah, we do, and, and there's two of uh, two fancies I have in this race. Iblio is a horse that has been so consistent in big field handicaps. Um, an odd ride given to him in the Grand Annual, fairly uh, well back and stayed on very strongly towards the finish. In his form early on in his career, he's won over 2-4, so the distance wouldn't necessarily be as much as a worry for me. He's still progressing. I think he's got a chance, even though he's a touch high in the weights now, and hopefully maybe graded races for, for him next season could be an option. And the other one, I'm, I'm glad they're going here. He had a little spin round these fences in the Sefton, 
Uh, and it's the Alan King trained senior citizen. The better ground is the key to him. That day in the Sefton, it was slightly soft. Uh, and I don't think that really suited him as much. Uh, he, he was kept off since December and then ran in the Greatwood Gold Cup where he plugged on well enough over a slightly shorter distance. He hung slightly a bit, which would be a little worry to me. It's never something I've noticed. But I feel like they've used that Sefton as a bit of a trial to test him over them fences. They've put him in here off a mark of 137. He's put up three, uh, two pounds, uh, three pounds Sorry for that. Um, I think the race is fairly strong. Umbregado, Killer Clown, Big Bite have all had good seasons and uh, he's been a lot sort of lightly erased. Behind Espoir de Rome, who's running uh, in the novice chase, as I've mentioned, I just feel like at 12-1 to 1, he could be a bit of juice and I, I really like his chances in this. Fair enough, mate. I can understand that. Look, this was surely the plan for the left last season. He's the right favourite. It's a horse who I've been off the cliff with for a long time. Ever since he ran really well in a Grand National, just without getting home, seemed to really, really take to entry and, and kept himself in contention a hell of a lot longer than his form entitled him to do. He's had a good year, runner-up in two competitive handicaps on his last two starts, only beating a neck by Machuca at Leopardstown last time out, and he was third in the big race at the Dublin Racing Festival, won by off you go, Minella times uh, was second, Farclass was fourth, Score Ma, who's since come out and won the Leinster National and didn't run a poor race in the Irish National, was in fifth. Gooseman, who won a down royal last next time out, was in sixth. Now, Live Love Laugh is up in the weight Saturday. I think he's, he's up £10, but he ran in the Grand National of, of only a pound less for a very, very long way two years ago. He's still that good. Uh, really like saying tree on the basis of what he showed when he ran in the National. He's the right favourite. I think... This might finally be the day for him after having put him up at least six times across the past two years. Do you not have a question mark about his gameness? I don't think he wants to go and put his head in front. That's my slight worry about him. I can see why you might say that. His head just rises a little bit. When he gets towards the finish, almost as if he's having a look round. That would be a slight worry for me in this. But... I say quirky horses can be all right at entry, and he was he was he was all right at entry last time he came here. I, I understand the point, but it wouldn't it wouldn't be a major worry for me. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I I take that on board. I take that I on board. I expect him to run a really good race, and I expect him to be there or thereabouts. But I couldn't be having him for win purposes, uh, and at that price, that's the only really thing for me in this sort of race. Two swings uh, at, big, at bits of prices as well. 25 to 1, I think, overestimates the chances of Corto Rico going well in here. Uh, he's on the reserve list for the Grand National, but this, this looks more suitable anyway. Good four for his only start of the season in the Paddy Power Gold Cup. You know, I've, it was, that was a decent enough race. Cool, Cody spirit of the game, Dal Dancer ahead of him. Finished one place above Sky Pirate, who's, you know, a 160 odd horse now, even though he was still doing the Sky Pirate back then. Had a decent enough year last season. He all ran second in the Peterborough Chase. Second to definitely red in the Premier Chase. He's only here off 1-4-2. I prefer him over over two and a half rather than three miles. But like I say, I like my top and winners to almost be able to go a little bit further than this. A definite, um, Corto Rico definitely can. 25-1. to 1. I think that underestimates, sorry, overestimates his chance of going well. I know him closer to about 16s. 
And a massive price. The horse I put up for the Sefton was Pink Eyed Pedro. It was a massive price for the Sefton as well. He finished 11th, but he shaped better than that. That's his, that was his last start over fences. Won at Chepstow earlier in the season, ran a decent third in the Holden Gold Cup. He's 66 to 1. If you can get a bookie playing six or seven places, I think that overestimates his chance. Watch him, for the, watch him again in the Sefton. He goes well for a hell of a long way. So I'll just peter him out a bit. We know he stays this far, though. I'd be worth giving him another chance. I don't think he should be 66 to 1. Fair enough. Gone the whole spectrum there. Tip, tip up the favourite for a 30 on a handicap. So I have, to, I have to whack one in at 66ers just to sound a little bit more interested. Uh, but no, I do think Pinch Guy Pedro's got, got a half decent chance uh, of outrunning his odds. The last grade one of the Friday is the Sefton Novices Hurdle, and the bet currently 15 to 8 for Brave Man's Game, 7's Cape Gentleman, 17 to 2 Streets of Doyen, 10's Galley Hill and Midnight River, same price Oscar Elite, 14's Alaphilippe, Champagne Supernova, 25's Sizable Sam, and our good friend, si- uh, sorry, Bothwell Bridge, and Sizable Sam is 25's as well. Where are you going here, Jim? Brave Man's Game, up to 3 miles, should suit him. Yeah, I, yeah. I think he's the best horse in this field. Um, I think he was disappointing at Cheltenham. Um, you can't deny that you'd have liked to have seen a little bit more. And as much as Bob Ollinger was impressive, and you would have liked to have seen him have a little scrap with Gaillard de Mene. Um My worry with Brave Man's game, I think he will stay three miles. I think that's what he is. And next season, he will love to see a fence. The ground. His action and the way he moves is of a soft ground animal. And the better ground, I don't think we see him necessarily to his best effect. Look, he looks scratchy late on on the ground, and he just looked like he couldn't get going. And maybe the step up to three miles will help him, but he just looked like he was struggling to carry on last time in the ground of, uh, at, at Cheltenham. And it, it was good to soft, but it was better ground than probably he's encountered all season. I know there's, a, there's question marks about that um, with form early on, on on better ground, but I feel like that was probably the best best in ground ground he'd encountered and. I'd be a slight worry for for me here if the ground was really rattling. He's not. He's a big framed animal, and I think I'd just be slightly worried worried on that case. Um, each way price is sizable. Sam, my turf talk to have to follow. Um, I mentioned this is what I hoped was his target early on in the season. Um, I thought he'd definitely avoid uh, Cheltenham and the flatter track would suit him. He's still a still a green and and doesn't exactly know his job um i i wasn't too disheartened last time in in that newbury handicap he he went off a fair old clip with the with the leaders and struggled to maintain his pace and i'm looking forward to him here at proper grade one level hopefully he can show himself in better effect i, I won't put you off him at 33s i think that's a the correct price and i wouldn't be surprised if he's backed on the day with the fan club that he's now gathering um, I was impressed with what Bothwell Bridge did at Hereford. Um, very workmanlike and, and the stiff test really seemed to suit him. So he's a horse who I'm looking forward to seeing in, in, in bigger company than this. He has to find ground uh, 10 lengths on Brave Man's game, but I, I think that was over a shorter trip and I think Bothwell Bridge staying is going to be more his game. And Midnight River... Um, was beat in the Leamington Novice Hurdle at Warwick, but bounced back to beat Galley Hill in that Novice Hurdle at Ascot. I think the step up to three miles will certainly suit him as well. Um, and they'll probably be my three to take on the favourite. I could 
I'm w- willing to make myself look like a a, a mug because I, I do think Brave Man's game quality right wise is is the best in this. But it's the ground that's a big worry for me. I think he's got a load of potential, and I'd I'd quite like to have seen him sidestep this to save him for next season almost. Won twice one good at the start of the season. Would we just, just put that of him beating just inferior opposition? You yeah, know, a, a, a 150 horse beats a 130 horse nine times out of ten, no matter what the ground. Yeah, that, that ground at Exeter, it, it was quick, but they just weren't good enough and up to his level. When he did run on good ground against Soaring Glory, I know it was early season and, he, and his uh, first start, but he was just found, found for plenty. Um, and he always felt like Soaring Glory was finding more. And, it's just a little worry with me. I really like him, and I hope he does win because I think he's got loads of potential. But I couldn't be backing him at fifteen to eight. Fair enough, mate. I don't think I'd be backing him at fifteen to eight, but I think he's a likely winner. And Jim has mentioned the one who I think might represent a little bit of each way value in Bothwell Bridge, who, like Jim said, has already uh, met with Brainman's game this season. I really liked what he did at Hereford. Because uh, Exploiter, who ended up falling uh, at the last... When, when he ranged up alongside Buffalo Bridge, Exploiter was looking like he was going the better of the pair. And then Buffalo Bridge responded to pressure and found more again. You know, in, in running, he'd have, he'd have been fav, drifted back out, and then gone fav again. And I like that. He looks an out-and-out stay, a 25-1, back at a trip that we definitely know he stays. In fact, he's down in trip... Uh, just just over a furlong and a half from Hereford. I think that might that might slightly underestimate his chances of hitting the three here. Oscar Elite's Cheltenham form puts him bang in the mix as well. That one was a step forward from two pretty poor runs at Exeter and Warwick. Uh, Kate Gentleman, I can. Do you see him getting on? Um, I didn't think he would stay in the Nathaniel Lacey and he was pulled up, so no, I don't. Fair enough, mate. Streets of Doyen was third in the Albert Bartlett as well, placed behind Oscar Elite and Gally Hill and Midnight River fairly evenly matched on their form at Ascot. Uh, I think Brain Man's game should go and win this, but Buffalo Bridge maybe at a little bit of an each-way price is a more interesting bet. Yeah, my three for the field. Uh, Bothwell Bridge, Sizable Sam and Midnight River. Fair enough, mate. Uh, we don't have declarations for the Saturday, so it might just be a little bit of a quicker run through of the current entries. Uh, the Betway Mersey Novices Hurdle. My Drogo is currently 2-1 to favourite. Are they going here? Uh, I think so, because he isn't entered in the three-mile novice hurdle. So I think this is the plan, and I think it might be the same with Bally Adam as well. False for Bally Adam. Six is Brave Man's game, who we know goes elsewhere. Eight's the real deal. Do shout on the shunt to go elsewhere. They're also eight to one. Eleven's Manila drama. Any news in Cape Gentlemen run elsewhere. Fourteen's for Adrian Melton. Sixteen to one bar them. Jim, uh, I, I said, I think on, when we were running through the Cheltenham review podcast and I've, I've done a little piece for horseracing.net where I make the case that my drago might be the best novice hurdler in Britain at the minute and if he is he should win this do you know I get a bit of Beaks town about him do you you know like him early on in his career the way 
he was a big imposing beast and he's working his way through and then they're saving him for his chase career and, and, and maybe they're just chancing their arm a bit here. Um, I'd rather have Bally Adam personally if he does turn up. I think a step up to too far will see him uh, to better effect, better ground. Um, I, I think that the softer ground has not necessarily been in his favour. Behind appreciated by three and a quarter lengths and he beat what would have been second Blue Lord in the Chanel Farmer. Um, yes, he was disappointing in the Supreme, but he didn't jump very well that day. Looked all at sea and a flatter track, I think, might might suit him a slight bit more. So, for that reason, I think I'll be edging more towards Bally Adam than uh, my Drogo if he does line up here. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But after Bally Adam's Royal Bond, I'd have been going up in truck with him, wouldn't you mind? You know, I kind of saw him as more of a uh, Ballymore horse than a Supreme horse. He's done well enough at two miles, to be fair to him. If he is brought over, I think he's the one they all have to beat for all. I like my Drogo, and he's not a poor each way, but for the Marsh next season at 40 to 1. Uh, I've already played on that. Uh, I don't think there's too much else that should be capable of winning this uh, further down the field. Yeah, Killer King's more than likely looking to go here as well, so. Um, hopefully he runs well for connection the Magul novices chase Jim a grade 1 Shishkin is 4-1 to one on to be all mankind Tamar Optumatan and El Dorado Allen he wins hopefully he does continues his unbeaten status when staying on his feet jumped perfectly last time the race set up for him um, with all mankind and Captain Guinness taking each other on um, all mankind reopposes more than likely here Um I think it's simple for Shishkin. If he jumps round, he wins. Yeah. Nothing more to add on that. The, the Liverpool hurdle, Jimmy, 11-4 time held to beat Paisley Park at 3-1. So you had a Burley 9-2, Roxana 6s, 10s Beacon Edge, 12s Liz Nagar Oscar. 16s for McFabulous, who runs in the entry hurdle. Same price, third win, 20s bar then. Any opinion on this, mate? Um, of course, the reputation of Paisley Park was dented last time by Florian Porter, and Sayer de Verley was in front of him, but I think fitness was a big part to play. Um, I, th- I, think, I think the fact that maybe being off since December, I mentioned this on the review, that maybe he wasn't quite as match fit as people would like. He's won round Aintree before, all a bit over a shorter distance and in a handicap, um, so he goes well at the track. Uh, I'm glad that they're running him here. In a couple of seasons, they've decided to look after him and keep him. So hopefully he runs a bit better here. Um, there's no flooring porter in this to, to try and upset him. And Sayer de Burley is a ten times better horse when at Cheltenham. Um, Aintree is always slightly disappointed, especially a couple of seasons ago when he ran in that handicap. Um, Time Hill, now under Tom O'Brien, uh, for the second time, he, he won on him on his debut. You've got to, of course, give him a chance with his second in the long walk. Um, Roxana was slightly below par uh, in the mayor's novice, uh, in the mayor's hurdle, sorry, at Cheltenham. Um, but this track we know she enjoys, and you couldn't rule her out. Uh, and third, Wind, who we didn't see at Cheltenham, um, goes, goes to here. And, and he won the Rendlesham last time out, and with, ran with plenty of credit behind... Paisley and Time Hill and Roxana in the long walk. So you certainly couldn't rule him out. Um, a fascinating race. I, I, depending on the prices on the day, I still think 3 to one's fair about Paisley. But 6 about Roxana isn't bad either. I think Time Hill will win this, Jim. I, 
I think Aintree will suit him more than it will suit Paisley Park. I think the way you can get Paisley Park beaten looked uh, wider at Cheltenham last time. You know, his weakness was always a flat spot, and the flat spot lasted longer at Cheltenham than it and then I thought it had done previously. And there won't be the hill to slow the ones in front down as they will be at Cheltenham. I think this is Time Hill's race to lose against Paisley Park. Uh, like you said, though, Roxana back up in trip. She, she, was, she wasn't even free limbs off winning the mare's hurdle. This is her sort of trip nowadays, and I'd agree that that, that might be the most interesting scumbaggy each way bet if you can get a 6-1 to one anti-post. You're getting your money back if she's in the first three, and I think she's got a very, very good chance of being that way if you're, if you're as much of a scumbag as myself and Watson are. But I think Time Hill should take the beating in that race. Yeah, and also just a quick mention to Thomas Darby. The first time he's been stepped up to three miles, and I thought this for a while, maybe he might enjoy it. Three miles over hurdles at Aintree could be something up his street. Jack Kennedy's book for the ride, which I think is massively interesting, and 25 to 1, I, I don't think... I don't think he should be that price, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing him step up to this trip. An interesting one as well. Don't think he'll go and win it, but 11-year-old William Henry won a, won a novice chase on his only start this season. Last one last year, he won the National Spirit. Does stay three miles, was fourth in this uh, when If the Catfits won it two years ago. 20-1, to one. he's, a, he's a, a bit of an interesting left field outsider, because... His, his best form wouldn't see him a mile away. Yeah, and now in the hands of Sam Thomas. Yeah, interesting that, mate. Interesting that they've not... I'm not sure whether, whether he's had any problems, but just the one start over fences uh, this season. I think they had a going off his chasing with him. The same year he won the Coral Cup, did they? Nope. Fair enough, I've invented that. I had it, I had it in the back of my head that they brought him back from chasing, but that must be invented. Uh, but yeah, he... Bringing him back from chasing out. He's half interesting. Uh, certainly rather back him at 20s and Emmy Tom. Uh, anything else on the Friday or Saturday, Jimmy? Any of the handicaps, etc.? Um, nothing in the handicaps, but I'm looking forward to that bumper. Balco Coastal made a serious impression at Kempton in a jumper's bumpers. He beat Get Sky High by 17 lengths, who's since come out and won uh, Stratford. Um, Golding Doha hasn't been seen since, and Grange Clare Knight. Um, isn't a bad horse either. Um, so it was a devastating performance, that. So I'm looking forward to seeing him. Good ground. Uh, he was second to Gentleman's Game in his point-to-point in Ireland. Um, so he was only beaten five lengths. And I know he was disappointed the weekend, but he's still a fairly decent horse. And Fruit and Nuts um, done well since joining Donald McCain um, in the bumper sphere at Catrick and Musselburgh. Uh, beat a nice one that had had a couple of runs already in Arthur's seat. So keep your eyes out on him. Um, Donald McCain does very well at this meeting, so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him running that. Yeah, the one I'm interested in that, Jim, is uh, Brave Kingdom. Yeah. Of Harry Whittington, who absolutely bolted up at Fontwell on his uh, bumper debut. Beat a, a horse who'd shown a little bit of form on his start prior to that in, in a Chris Gordon storm, Dennis. Brave Kingdom looked like a proper weapon that day. Happy to see him entered in this and the one who actually probably brings out brings the strongest form into this race is the four year old of Nigel Tristan Davis and Super 6 who was fifth in the champion bumper uh, 
you know, that's that's good form. Finish ahead of the likes of John G and Wunderwall and Ramelis, who were who were shown good form earlier in the season. He won twice earlier in the uh, Super Six at Chepstow and Hereford. Uh, he's a nice type of year younger than most of his rivals here. Yeah, there's loads in it. Mansalai made a serious impression on debut for Christian Williams. Uh, Paramounts bumped into Mr Glass early on in his career and just worried out of it on his first start at Haydock but was very very good at Stratford um, Mota Moss um, the summer I think, did the rain snap in his victory a cracking ride by James Bowen just kept finding it's a really really nice race and Nappers Hill's a big uh, big galloping sort who's been really impressive in his two who beat just no risk um, who has been slightly disappointing, but uh, some a lot of nice horses in that. Gordanti as well, for example. Yeah, mate. So it's time for our rating the races and that competition picks, Jim. First, second, and third best. My oh, my best bet of the week's fiddler on the roof each way. So I, I think he's got to be the nap. Um, I think he's got an absolute tremendous chance. Um, then maybe we will go for the Tree Hurdle and we'll go for Jason the Militant. If he stays, I think he's got a cracking chance, so he's going to be my next best. And the reserve will come on Friday in the Betway Novices Hurdle and it's Dusa. My nap is going to come in the Betway Bowl waiting patiently I think has a cracking chance my next best is going to be in, in, in the red room on the same day Sully Dock shouldn't be 14 to 1 I think he runs a really big race and my third best oh I, I, I was I was leaning towards Dusart I think I'll go Dusart as well maybe fractionally over Fusel Raffles Dusart for the third best as well so he's in both of our threes I hope he has to be he has to be better than first time lucky surely <laughs> Especially on that first time I performed. Yeah. Thanks to everyone for tuning in to Turf Stop this week. Hopefully, we've run through uh, all the big races quickly enough for you, and hopefully, you've enjoyed listening. Hopefully, there's some decent pointers towards some winners in there as well. Thanks to rating the races for all their support, and we'll see you all again soon. See you soon. Stay safe.